Welcome to Dr. 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard rank ladder. I'm your host, Daring Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Dragon Rider and Mage Death. So, Mage, let's go into last week's poll question, but you have a little announcement before we do. I do. If you've been following my Twitter, and you can probably hear, I've got a little bit of a medical issue going on. Over the weekend, I developed a case of Bell's palsy, which is basically the numbing of the of the right side of my face, and it's going to take a few weeks to get back to normal. Uh, I'm on some medication. I've actually been through this one time before in March of 2018, hoping that it doesn't take too long, but I expect... I'll be sound a little bit different than I normally do for for the next couple of weeks. So just bear with me as best you can. And uh, thank you for all the words of encouragement that I've received uh, so far. You you all are are wonderful. Thank you very much. Uh, As far as last week's poll question, we asked after a balance change, do you take a nerfed card out of your deck? out of a deck you're playing without even trying it. We had 18 votes. 61 of you said 61.1 said depending on the card, you would take it out or not. 27.8 said no, you don't take it out without trying it. And 11.1% said yes, I take it out without even trying. So I think it was probably about the numbers I was expecting and uh makes sense to especially given the some of the nerfs that we've seen can really affect a deck or might not really affect the deck at all. Yeah, precisely. Oh, go ahead, Don. Oh, I was going to say, I I feel like I'm the opposite. I think this surprised me because I feel like most people just, oh, it's nerfed, like I'm just going to take it out. But And I, I feel like that really used to be the case, but I think over time... And the the more nerfs that happen, and especially because, like you mentioned, they're doing kind of these small micro adjustments, I think more people are willing to continue to try the card uh, before immediately just taking it out. Because I think in the past we would have just been like, "Well, that tra- you know that's trash now. Like take it out, and then you're done." Yeah, but they they'd like n- nuke it from orbit the card, and <laughs> yeah. so it was suddenly yeah. just <laughs> not worth playing at all. But now yeah. it's like Edwin. Edwin seems like it still would be a reasonable card to play in that deck, so I'm going to try it and see how it actually feels. Yeah. I've seen Twitter. I've seen, like, 16-16 Edwins on turn one. (laughs) Yeah, I I posted one of those, too. Literally my first game after the nerf. And on turn three, I think it was turn three. Turn two, maybe. Yeah, my opponent still got this giant Edwin. And I was like, well, it can still happen. And that's because of uh, other cards, but yeah. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. It's, thank you, everybody, for responding to that uh, poll question. But yeah, I was a little surprised that, that it was so high instead of just people instantly like, no, take it out. So also, I, I feel like that's good on the community because that means people are, are willing to kind of try it and see how it actually feels before just immediately saying one way or the other. So kudos. But my uh my turtled mage deck didn't work too well when I took out the Tortillo and Pilgrim, so 
Oh, bummer. We're so sad about that being You gone. should be. You should be. <laughs> I'm sad about that. I'm sad enough for this entire podcast. So, <laughs> Well, that's good. Then we don't have to feel bad at all. Okay. All right. Let's move on to news for the week. And luckily, for once, favor favors uh, or fortune favors us. And we got the announcement of the new set and every single one of the 35 cards that come out. So it is the Dark Moon Races. It is a 35 set card set that launches January 21st, aka two days from now. <laughs> um, so it's 35 cards. It uh, breaks it, the set breakdown is as follows: four legendary cards, one epic card. 14 rare cards and 16 common cards. Spellburst and dual class uh, keywords return. And they are offering a bundle with all 66 cards to each, each common, rare, epic, plus each legendary from the set is available for $15 or 2000 gold. Which I feel like I'm going to buy. <laughs> I mean, I was worried about, like, how much or how much dust I'd have to spend to uh, get everything out of this set. So, like, knowing that I can just spend 15 bucks and just be like, all right, here's everything. Like, you don't have to worry about getting a legendary or anything. I didn't, I don't know if that was entirely necessary, but I'm kind of a completionist or I was just worried that I would, like, be stranded. I, I'm saying this while having like 27,000 dust in my collection, and I'm like, I, I'm, it's just me being anxious, but like, I like that they gave us an option. It feels more like Galcron's Awakening now. Um, the fact that you can just spend the money and get everything, you don't have to gamble with packs. So, what do you guys, what do you guys think of that announcement? I feel like that was like, the biggest weight off my shoulders was the fact that you can spend 15 bucks and get everything. Dragon Rider? Yeah, that was, that was good, I I think. And I feel like the, I'm not surprised to see like money, but also the fact that they're giving the gold option too, to just completely buy like a bundle of here's the 35 cards. You get those exact cards. I don't feel like they've ever done that before. At least in the past when we have seen something similar, it's been like, oh, now you can play this adventure to unlock them or whatever. But this is the first time we're just seeing a straight up, you know, pay however you want to, whether you want to open them in packs or craft them with dust or pay with money or, you know, pay with gold and get get these. They're making it available however you want to do that so that is fantastic i think and also opens it up for more people who are free to play or you know whatever like that as well to be able to have an option which is fantastic it feels a little weird to have held on to all my other dark moon fair packs exactly this point yep that that will that and if that's my biggest problem with this that's fine uh, fifteen dollars seems like a, a a much better price. Um, you know, we paid basically twenty dollars for Galakron's Awakening for the same sort of thing, and and other adventures that had a a set card set tied to them that was about this size were about twenty dollars as well. So the fact that it's fifteen is is good. The fact that you can buy it with gold is good. 
I like that if you have a very limited budget that you can do the gold option to get the entire thing. Or you can just, if you're really casual, you could just open them in the packs that you're getting normally. So it, it really favors no matter what style of player you are, you can get as much of this as you want to get. And so, yeah, the only thing I feel bad about a little bit is that I have saved up like 20 dark moon fair packs now that i feel like well i'll i would rather just spend the 15 dollars get all those cards and then just see where i'm at as far as opening those packs because i didn't quite finish the dark moon fair set the other dark moon fair set and so and and then there's a possibility of gold cards and things like that so yeah, I didn't either, so I'm probably just literally, later tonight, I'll probably just open all the 20-some, I think I have 23 packs of Dark Moon Fair, and I'm like, I don't necessarily need gold gold copies of the other cards, but I would, like, I, I'm missing a few epics and a few legendaries from the Dark Moon Fair, so, like, might as well take those chances. I'll probably wait to open them until after the 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 new set goes live because then you have a chance to get a gold version of some of these new cards as well. That's fair. That's, that's probably for the best then. Yeah. So you go on Thursday, uh, when the patch drops and we can buy the bundle, we're getting ahead of the end of the next ooze item. You buy the bundle, you, you open it so that those cards are in your set and then you can open up these card packs you've saved and potentially get gold cards uh, for the new set, for the new races set, or the old set, and then you can pick up any miscellaneous legendaries or epics you haven't opened to this point. Okay, yeah, so absolutely. yeah, I mean, I I, I, <laughs> I was just gonna say, I, 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 that was like that was the biggest thing when they announced the mini set, and they're like, oh, it's going to be. You know, we're just literally going to dump the cards into packs. And I'm like, I remember there was something shocking. Like, is it like, oh, you're going to have to open like 50 packs to potentially pull all the all the cards that you would have to pull over for like the, you know, regular, the common, the rare and epic. And then hell knows how many you'd have to pull to pull all the legendaries. Like... Uh, essentially maybe up to 120 if you hit the pity timer each time. So nuts. So I'm, I'm super, that's super player friendly. And like you guys said, there's like three different ways to, to get those cards. You can literally just craft them. You can spend gold. You can spend cash. You can just open packs. Like it's the worst, the worst thing about these small sets when they were tied to an adventures, you had to buy the adventure in order to craft the card now, presumably, because it's just part of the set, once it goes live, we should be able to just craft the individual cards that we need or want. Uh, and so, like, not being able to craft craft Risky Skipper or not being able to craft, you know, the, the really powerful cards from some of these previous adventures really, really felt like it hamstrung players that were on a limited budget. Yeah, that's absolutely a good point, too. Like, it forced people to have to buy the adventure unlock it and play that if they wanted those certain cards and now it's like it gives players more of an option like they don't even have to if there's only a couple of cards that end up being good for competitive and that's what they want them for 
cool, just craft those couple of cards that they want, forget about the rest, or just kind of casually open them from those packs over time, uh, which, you know, like, more more options and letting people choose how they kind of want to acquire those cards is, is nice. Um, I would say, I don't know if we have it written down, but the only other thing is, uh, for everyone who isn't aware already, because this mini set is being counted as part of Dark Moon Fair, these cards will rotate at the same time. Like in the future, they'll rotate, you know, too wild out of standard along with all the other Dark Moon Fair cards, uh, just like we're about to see with the Galakrond Awakening stuff. So just something to keep in mind. But that's not for a while, so you definitely have some time if you want to get these cards and play with them. Being rotated to wild and dot, 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 we don't know where else. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Thank you, Alec Dawson. All right. Um, We have the patch notes for patch 19.4. It is released ahead of January 21st launch. It includes the new Dark Moon uh, race mini set, new heroes and minions for Battlegrounds, which I thought looks some some super interesting ones like Ticketus and the uh, the demon that just destroys another demon and you get its stats. That seems pretty cool. Uh, mid-season update for duels and an arena rotation and bug fixes. It should add Dark Moon Races bundle to in-game store. And we have Book of Heroes. Anduin is coming February 2nd. So, all good things. Uh, you know, especially if you're playing some of the other modes. Some cool news there. Um, then we have Ixar, Ixar answers qu- uh, community questions on Twitter. Um, so he covered topics from game modes, mechanics, game design, and development to his favorite cards. He talked about several cards that nearly got nerfed. Maui Ghost, Gadgetstan, Auctioneer, and Animated Broomstick. <laughs> I, I thought that was especially great. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> I uh I wish that was not in I uh, can we take the almost out of that of that sentence for about animated broomstick? Okay. On his uh his comments on card generation, it's gotten a whole uh it's gotten a little wilder wider than we'd like, but it's not a forever thing. Next year should see less, rotation should help. And he commented on the classic set rework. It's complicated and will be answered soonish. It's a good change. So, I mean, that's the, that's, yeah, that's like the big one right there is like, what is happening to the game overall? So like, should be super interesting. There, there was a lot of other interesting stuff that he talked about in there. Highly recommend going through and looking at the recap. It's a little hard to follow actually looking through it all on Twitter, but uh, Out of Cards has a good recap of everything. So if you could just more easily digest what was said. Yeah, yeah, Twitter can be a little bit hard to follow unless you were following from the beginning. (laughs) Mm, Lots of questions were asked, too. Yeah. So that that was the other thing. I mean, when you post something like that on Twitter, then it's just like... (laughs) Yeah, I tried yeah. to look through it. There was a lot going on. Um, I I like, though, that he said, uh, you know, soonish, which I don't know if anybody else thought this, but my thought was, uh, uh-uh, we've got about a month now. 
until BlizzCon Line. And I I don't know if you guys thought this, but I looked at all these patch notes and I was like, this is a lot of stuff. And they're announcing this and I thought, what, what are they going to announce? Like, are they saving anything to announce for BlizzCon? But yeah, they're, it's going to be huge, I feel like, coming up for BlizzCon. I'm, and for some reason, I kept thinking it was like the first weekend and I just checked and I realized, oh, wait, it's not until like February 19th. So now I'm slightly sad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, they have whatever is rotating or what is happening to the Hall of Fame, which isn't going to be a small change. Like whatever's happening there. Also, they have another game mode to announce. Like, I think I think they have plenty of ammunition for BlizzCon coming up. So, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know why my brain was just like they're announcing all this in like two weeks as BlizzCon, and then yeah, I looked it up and I was like, oh wait, it's a month, not two weeks from now. To so, be to be fair, anytime they make uh, um, battlegrounds changes, it's like three and a half pages of like stuff where they, like they add new things and they like change and it's just like they like list it's like a laundry list that just keeps going on and on so i love that they're paying that much attention to battlegrounds but yes it is uh, it seems to be when battlegrounds are touched there's a lot of text and then we have hearthstone esport teases 2021 announcement for this week it says uh, the message reads we're revealing the full 2021 schedule next week until then, take to the uh, take to the January ladder for a head start on qualifying to the first Masters Tour of the year. Top 32 ladder players in each region will secure invites at the end of the month. Good luck and have fun. I know uh, um, that's double. I think I think it was top 16 before. I I yeah. I was I can't exactly remember. Ray C was talking about it on the. The uh, Hearthstone con before the panel, or con before the storm panel I was on uh, a couple weeks ago, um, com- you know, talking about, you know, the kind of the uncertainty around the competitive scene. So I hope this is a good thing. I'm not a hyper competitive. I'm not a professional level competitive player of Hearthstone. So, like, I hope this is a good change and I hope this season is uh, gets to answer some of the the gripes I know people were having about competitive play, those uh, long, long uh, qualifier cups. So I wanted that announcement yesterday, and then I wanted it today. <laughs> I, wa- I want it. I want to know what's going on with tournaments. But it, at least they said something to kind of, you know, quell the like, when are we hearing something? You know, crowd, people freaking out about it. But so at least they said something and they kind of hinted, you know, like you mentioned the, hey, top 32. So now people are like, oh, there's a reason to to push for higher legend again. And it's kind of mo- seems like it's motivating a lot of people again to to join the game, which is good. I, I feel like that's definitely a head start. And uh, oh, I just want this announcement so bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the tournament stuff. I'm I'm ready for it too, just simply as an observer. I am this time in this year. It's like I'm waiting for the next season of um, Grandmasters to start and like the tour stops to start. Um, so I am I want I want this announcement because I want competitive Hearthstone to come back. Um, 
and I want to watch it. So, like, that's where I'm at. I'm like, I really, really, really can't wait for um, this because that just signals good things for me, too. Even though I'm not competing in them, I very much enjoy spectating. So, all right. Um, that and that's pretty much everything we have in news. Uh, but we were talking before the show, and we figured we would run through all of the Dark Rune races uh, mini set cards that got uh, um, leaked today, or not leaked, but announced, and just kind of give our thoughts on them really quickly. We have not had much time to even do a like a set review. So this is just going to be a mini set review for a mini set where we're not really giving ratings because we didn't have time to come up with ratings and put some thought into them like we like to do for the the full sets. So, and we can just uh, jump right into it and we will start with the dual class. And up first is Demon Hunter Hunter. It is a two mana, two, three, the Fellfire Deadeye. Your hero po- power costs one less. Um, this seems this seems very acceptable and good, <laughs> as it is also so. It's a free hero power for Demon Hunter, and a one power yeah, when, when their Demon Hunter hero power costs too much at one, you can now make it cost zero. Too expensive. Too too pricey. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh. It seems good. I don't know. Um, personally, I I wasn't here last week, um, but I actually recently just started climbing on my EU account. I decided one of my goals for this year that we talked about on the show was to hit Legend on two servers in a month. And I figured, why don't I try for the first month of the year? Uh, I've already pushed all the way to Diamond 2, um, but I've been playing the, like, Ilganoth, like, aggro demon hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can already see, like, oh, I, I feel like I could just slot that right in. And, you know, because some of the turns that I've had, it's like, oh, if I could just, if I had one more mana, if I could squeeze in the hero power, you know, or something too, it would be just enough damage uh, for lethal or to get enough healing to get out of range. So I feel like, especially in demon hunter, making that hero power one is going to be pretty good. And, I, you know, Tour Guide has changed a lot of those hero powers. It's not really used a lot in Demon Hunter, but Tour Guide has been really good. So I feel like, you know, this is kind of a compromise. You get a better body, but you're only discounting by one. But I feel like this is going to be a pretty solid card. Yeah, I feel like I feel like having the 2-3 is a lot more solid than the 1-1. One, one. This, this yeah. feels like it could be solid for an aggro deck whether whether you're talking hunter or demon hunter just because it's a decent enough body and your opponent is going to be motivated to want to remove it because they don't want to keep giving you the value of your hero power costing less so i i like it i'm not i think it i think it can go in aggressive decks i'm not sure it goes beyond that though okay next up we have um Hunter Druid card, a one-mana spell, Resizing Pouch. It is a common card. Discover a card 
with cost equal to your remaining mana crystals. This seems super interesting to me. I am, uh, I, I feel like this has a lot of interesting uses. I don't know how great it is or how good it is, but it seems that you can really, um, cure what you're going to be, uh, pulling spell wise by how much mana you have left. So, like, you're playing Druid and you're on five mana and you play this immediately and it, it gives you an overgrowth because you have four mana left or like, you know, or some sort of, it's like a mini Zephyrus almost, if you can kind of know what you're looking for. Um, so like, I feel like this is cool. I feel like the design of this car is really cool. So I like it a lot. Yeah, that was my first thought too, actually, was this looks like a, you know, it's not for every single class because it's not neutral. It's two classes, but you know. I mean, who knows? They could always discover it or generate it in other classes. But yeah, being able to have an effect where you can discover and you can tailor it to kind of pick the mana cost that you're trying to get. Uh, this seems like a really cool design and also a really skill testing card because you have to think about what are the cards at that mana cost? What are the options that I could get? Uh, and the interesting thing with this one versus Zephyrus is this is going to be, uh, since it's just a discover, this is just going to be whatever is in standard at that time. It is just going to pull from the standard or for a while, this is going to pull from everything. Whereas Zephyrus is a bit more specific in, in that it only pulls uh, basic and classic cards. But I like the design of this a lot. I'm, I really want to do some testing. I, I think this is really cool and I'm interested to see uh, where it ends up. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you that I just like how this card looks, and I think it's going to be interesting to play. Right now, I'm struggling where you would play it. I think it feels like Druid is a better fit than Demon or than Hunter, but I I think just being able to know that you're going to get an uh, uh, something that you can play given how much mana you have is really kind of interesting, and then knowing what you want to shoot for and try and get it. Like you're talking about playing that on five minute to try and find that overgrowth you didn't find uh, and get before now is really kind of interesting. I like, I like that. It's essentially never a dead card. It is never a dead top deck. Like you play it and you can discover something you draw it on turn nine. You can potentially find a scenario ward and like that's a heal for eight, summon an eight drop, you know, like that, it's a, it's a very cool concept. So, all right, next up, we have another cool design that I really like. It is a druid shaman, one mana spell guidance. Look at the, look at two spells, add one to your hand or overload, uh, overload one to get both. So it's like a discover effect, but it shows you two spells. Is that how that works? Am I reading that right? I assume, or is it from your deck? It's not from your deck, right? I think it's like a discover, but just two choices. Yeah. That's what I'm reading from that. That's what I read too from it. But yeah, exactly. I guess we'll figure that out. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a super cool overload effect. Um, like either like you can be like, all right, well, I don't like either of these options. So I'll just take one or both of these awesomes are uh, uh, options are super awesome. So I'll take both of them. 
Or, you know, probably the average of like, yeah, one's good, one's worth taking, and the other one's not, so I'll just take one. So I, I think this is a super cool design and a super good use of overload. I'm scared to see this in Druid. I think it feels decent in Shaman, but I'm kind of scared of this in, in Druid, honestly. Um, like, I feel like Druid has enough ways to manipulate their mana and gain extra crystals and all of that stuff that it's like, okay, cool, you're overloaded for one. Like, eh, I don't even care about that. I'll just play this other thing or, you know, I'll play a spell that then my next thing uh, cast twice and I get even more value and I don't care that I'm overloaded for one. So I feel like I'm a little bit worried about that, but I, I like the idea of the card. It seems like more and more ways for Druid to find ramp. And, and like, like I, I don't know if you run this card in Druid, but this is a card that then becomes free off nature studies. And then you can potentially find that ramp that you are missing. And so that seems really interesting to me. I also think like getting this off of Fireheart for in Shaman, because it's only one mana, it 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 potentially can give you two spells and you keep Fireheart's discovering a spell continue. Uh, that seems really interesting as well. So I'm not sure how much this will actually get slotted it directly into a deck. I think it's interesting, like you're saying, but the applications of finding this card could be really powerful. Okay, next up we have um, Shaman Mage, and it is a 2-mana, two 2-3 two, minion, Imprisoned Phoenix. It is dormant for two turns, spell damage plus two. Um, it, I... Okay. <laughs> I I don't know. Like the spell damage like mage has kind of fallen off. Um this seems like it'd be a good addition to that. I don't know. I mean, it is an elemental too, I guess. If you want to play grand finale, I I don't know. I just like if this would have come out like before some of the the nerfs to mage, then we might be talking, but like I don't know that uh the 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 spell damage mage is really a thing anymore so like in spell damage shaman never really was a thing like it was kind of tried but didn't really seem to go anywhere so i'm like uh, okay this certainly is a card you could play for two mana <laughs> yeah um i don't i don't know how i feel about this one right now i think it probably could go in that like elemental shaman deck that's going around right now like the aggro shaman uh but i feel like this might be a card that doesn't doesn't feel impactful now when it's released but i could see this potentially becoming a thing in a different set depending on the cards like maybe there's something that comes out in two sets from now that makes this that makes this great uh, or that you kind of want to hold that spell damage for and have it on the board, like ready to go. Yeah. I don't know. That's, it doesn't feel super impactful to me immediately right now. The fact that you can play it and then it's dormant for two turns means you can, you can use it to, or set up so that it's good. Like you could set it up on turn two so that, you know, on turn four, you can play cram session and get, two extra cards 
It it also seems like it has is or you could set it put it on three because you know you want to play Roz Frost Whisperer on five. So that way then it does three damage rather than just one damage. So I think it, it requires some setup. But I also think down the road you you're probably right, uh Dragon Rider, that this could really help a spell damage deck. Cause you know, Mage is kind of good at throwing damage at at face using spells. Yep. So next up, we have our first legendary. It is a dual class mage rogue. It is five mana. Key Warden Ivory is a four five. Battle Cry. Discover a dual class spell from any class. Spellburst. Get another copy. So so spellburst. It gets another, your Spellburst gets another copy of the dual class one you've discovered. Is that, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. that's how I read it. I'm like, okay, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I was off on, uh, Jandis, um, so, like, this could be good. I don't know what to do with this card right off the top of my head. I don't know what the whole pool looks like off off the top of my head. So it, there's a lot of one cost uh, dual class spells. Yeah, actually, and so this actually could be really good from that standpoint. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, yeah. I I just don't know on it. So go ahead, Dragon Rider. Well, I think and Mage brings up a great point. I was going to talk about it too. There is a lot of one cost stuff. And even if you look at the classes this is for, this is for Mage and Rogue, a lot of one-cost stuff, a lot of zero-cost stuff in Rogue. So, like, you could even just play this on five, discover something, play a zero-cost, you know, Shadow Step, or I well, you probably wouldn't Shadow Step this, because I don't know if the Spell Burst would still trigger. No, it would not. If it would, then no. Yeah, no, it's, but, it's not going to trigger, know. because it has to be on the board, like... An AOE that would kill it. It's like an it after, wouldn't after effect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, you could shadow some shadow step something else. You could prep and then play the thing you just discovered, and then you just got a copy of. It. Like, I feel like this is pretty insane. Um, just looking at this, and the the five mana slot is pretty solid. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe now it competes in the same slot as Jandis, but. This still feels pretty solid to me. I feel like this is a really strong card. Also kind of weakens the Jandis pool, doesn't it? <laughs> this card is not a card you want to see off of Jandis. It's not the worst, but it's I'm, not... It's I'm okay not, with a 4-5 yeah. instead of a 1-1. One, one, or, you know, some of the other garbage the that comes out yeah, you, you, you lose out on the Discover effect, yeah. and then the Spellburst yes. doesn't do anything. So, yeah, from that point, but... We're talking about the Jandis pool. We're going to see later another legendary that's going to supremely make the Jandis pool better. That's fair. That's fair. So they can't all make Jandis even better. Yeah, I know. Spectra. Can they? <laughs> they could, but we have this the the stupid zero three egg. So oh, okay. Yeah. Next up, actually, it just dawned on me that all four legendaries are five mana, so they're all going to be in the Jandis pool. <laughs> That's yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just uh, dawned on me. Nice catch. I didn't notice that either. Yeah, one of them's good. One of them's good for. I probably two of them are good to get out of the Jandis pool. The other two are like, okay. <laughs> 
So um, then we have uh, Rogue Warrior, Nitro Boost Poison. It is a one mana spell. Give a minion plus two attack. Corrupt. And your weapon. So to also, I want to point out. So do you remember a card called Sharp Sword? Sharp Sword Oil. Yeah, this is ha- mini Sharp Sword Oil. But guess what? You get to pick which minion gets the plus two attack or plus two attack this time around. It's not a random minion. It's a minion that you pick. So it feels better and easier to use than sharp sword oil especially considering that rogue still has some really really great weapons so i think this is going to be solid and warrior uh warrior loves the crap out of this card because it's just like uh plus two on my uh wrench caliber yes please plus two on my ankar yes please plus two on my whatever weapon i have that does a lot of damage anyways plus two on my gorehal yes please i mean i can go on and on <laughs> but it, it it seems like a really strong card so like this this is a really like this one screams insane to me yeah, it looks super good. Um, there's a couple of things I'm thinking here with this, too, is that uh, this also helps cheapen, because it's the same, Warrior and Rogue, uh, helps make Cutting Class cheaper, because then you get to attack on your weapon, and then, well, your Cutting Class costs two less now all of a sudden, so very likely free. Also, real real and... quick, I just thought of this, too. Sword Eater on turn five. That becomes yeah. a that becomes an Arcanite re- or a Reaper, and you get a four or five. Yeah. <laughs> Have well, fun with that. Yeah. Um, so because of that, I feel like this might see a little more play. I, it also reminds me of the uh, stage dive in a way, just because it's kind of this one cost like corrupt thing. Um, so it feels like if you're obviously if you're not playing weapons, you're probably not going to take this. But I think even in a pool of like maybe you're discovering this and you just take it to get the plus two attack on a minion, you know, there's going to be cases where it's still good, even if you're not running weapons. Um, I don't know. It feels solid. I I don't know if I should be scared of this card or not. I think you should be very scared. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, it, yeah. As you point, as Daring pointed out, there's lots of warrior uh, weapons that you'd love to get this buff on, specifically for cutting class. Even putting this on the rogue dagger seems like a really powerful effect because having a three damage dagger is amazing. So, uh, and it. The, all it's asking you to do is corrupt the card, which is basically play anything else that's in your deck. So starting on turn, you know, if you coin a two drop on one, you can play this on turn two and get that get, get that effect. You're probably not doing that. You're probably starting with this, look, doing something like this on turn three or turn four. But the it this is going to just be really powerful. And it's so cheap that... You can you can probably I I have a hard time believing Rogue and Warrior aren't going to find spots for this in most of their decks. Oh yeah, I just also thought about like Galakrond Warrior, especially has kind of started to come back. I could even see Galakrond Warrior playing this. They're not really playing a lot of weapons, a couple, but if they can hold a weapon, 
and they do this and then their hero power and just yeah tons of burst damage as long as they've got Sword Eater, they're going to want to have this card. Exactly. That's oh, what yeah. I realized I, that Sword Eater was probably... Sword Eater is way too good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to hear me argue with that. Um, Something, another card that is, I'd say, super interesting, I don't know how good it is, is Barricade. It is a four-mana spell, which is dual-class warrior paladin. It summons a 2-4 guard with taunt. If it's your only minion, summon another. So this is a essentially a spelled Serenite Chain Gang, but it only goes off if you have nothing on your board. So like I feel like this is probably uh, a control tool. Um so it's not gonna be like the most powerful thing across the board, but it seems Seems like it has some uses, especially with, like, Ramp Paladin, or I think that's what it's called, and, like, Big Warrior or just Control Warrior. Like, this seems like it could fit in a lot of different decks, so I like it. I don't know how great it is or good it is, but, like, I was pretty happy playing Serenite King Gang, which was two two threes for with Taunt for three, or four. So, like, this seems good to me. Hmm. Okay, I, I feel like I'm going to disagree a little bit. I don't know. It seems good, but honestly, like I don't feel like it's going to see a ton of play. I I feel like this doesn't just go in most decks. It probably only goes in specific decks, and only if the meta is good for it, but I don't know. I like. It's, I feel it's like at this, you'd rather just... Is what? Go ahead. Sorry, I, I didn't mean no. to cut you off. No, you're good. I, I was going to say, it feels like a worse Sword Eater. Like, I'd rather just play the Sword Eaters and also get the weapon instead of this. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's a big slash dual, big warrior slash dual paladin card. It is eight taunt, eight butt that, that your opponent has to go through. Right now, we're seeing a lot of aggro decks. This is a very good anti-aggro tool when you're looking to stall till you can get to commencement or till you can get to duel or, or something like that. And it doesn't mess up that, that potential pull that you're trying to get out of your deck something huge. So I it isn't going to be widespread but i think in those decks this is a this is a nice tool and can help keep you alive until you can do the big thing that you want to do okay um next up is rally it is a uh, paladin priest four mana spell uh resurrect a friendly one cost two cost and three cost minion i uh res res are good um I just don't know exactly um, what what the use is and how you like most effectively use this, but um, it it seems like it has potential. It's a mini mass res that does very specific things. So, like if you can get a like a, a, a one of the cards that death rattles into a prime, like a McGurgle Prime or Relic or. or McGurgle, McGurgle, or Gurgle, McGurgle, whatever. He's, he's making Mur Murloc noises, the Paladin one. Or the, um, or the Relicary of Souls, like, something like that was, like, good value, but, I mean, it could re res a Sethic Veil Weaver, a Goody Two Shields, like, it feels, um, 
It feels interesting. I don't know what decks are packing this, but um, it could. I mean, I could see it slotting into pure paladin, especially a deck like that that wants to hit that curve—the one, two, three, four, fives—and like turn four, rezzing three minions that have died so far seems pretty solid. So I'm not 100% not sure on it, but it it seems interesting at least. Yeah. Good. First, I want to just say, can we get an audio clip of you saying that name? Because that was great. <laughs> Guess who edits the show? I do. Guess who has my audio track? I do. Guess who's not making that edit? I'm not. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay. Maybe maybe I will. I'll try and find it. Uh, don't worry. I, I, You can clip any stupid stuff I say because I'm sure I will say plenty of stupid things. I would have to be time stamping uh, it. And I'm just, that, that's not exactly what I've been doing editing wise. I've just yeah. been, yeah. Anyways, I can try and find Anyways. it. Let me, let me take a look and see where we are right now. Oh, gosh. Yeah, okay. No worries, no worries. Oh. But um, forty-four fifty, forty-four fifty. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about this one. I I agree with you that maybe something like Pure Paladin slots it in. Uh, there's a a few specific minions you kind of might want this for, but I still don't know how I feel about it. And I uh, I don't know some of the decks like you don't want to be playing this if you're not getting the full value i feel like like maybe you play this and you're getting one minion and then it feels pretty bad uh i don't know i don't know how i how much i like it i'm i'm sad i I, these paladin cards so far to me don't feel great and i'm sad about that i think this is an exceptionally powerful card and is going to get abused at some point this is like call to arms to me you, you just have to have the minions die first and you can you have the ability to curate your deck and play this when you know what you're going to get potentially off of it and their paladin is good on curve cards this is seems amazing in a murloc deck and you've got other you've got powerful one two three cost cards in both paladin and in priest and so i feel like at some point this is gonna this is gonna be good and it's gonna see play it just seems too powerful not to yeah okay next up we have hysteria it is priest warlock it is a three mana spell Choose a minion. It attacks random minions until it dies. Um, this feels better in priest, I would say. I would imagine because if you, you know, like being able to put this on something that survived to just clear up board. Um, like this feels like a decent control tool. I don't, especially considering you can reduce its cost with like palm reading and the uh. The 2-5, um, especially if you're able to put this on something that has apotheosis on it and you get to, you know, heal a bunch and kill some stuff, seems it, uh, seems interesting. Um, I'm not sure about Warlock nearly as much, but I guess, like, Control Warlock is, or, like, Galakrond Warlock is more controly, so, I, I don't know, but I feel like it's better in Priest than Warlock. 
I I feel like I'm going to say this card is like what Mage just said about the last card. I feel like this is going to be abused. People are going to use this in so many different ways. And one of the reasons I say that is because it just says choose a minion. So let's say you are the first or Warlock player. Your opponent has a board like you're against an aggro deck. You choose one of their minions and it just bumps into one of their other things. Or they've buffed something up. That's fair. Because you know, it clear it, off some of their stuff too. It's a, I didn't even realize that too because it's a random yeah. mi- it, it attacks random minions. So it doesn't attack random enemy yeah. minions. It attacks yeah. random I'm, minions. It, you could play that when your opponent has stuff. You don't even have to have minions on the board and then they'll just bump into each other. Uh, and you could use that in Priest and Warlock also have things like Raise Dead. So you could also use it on your minion if your hand, you know, you want to clear off one minion of theirs, you bump in your minion with that. Raise Dead, you get it right back. Like, I feel like there's a lot of ways people can can use this and manipulate it. Yeah, this this seems pretty powerful. I think I, think I like it in Priest more than I like it in Warlock. But there's definitely applications of both. Um, I just like the fact that you can cost reduce it in Priest more so than you can in Warlock. So I'm very curious and probably going to hate this card at some point. Ah, we all will. We all will. I promise you that. Um, And then finally, of our dual class cards, we have Lucky Soul Hoarder. It is a three mana three four. It is a warlock slash demon hunter card, and it is battle cry shuffle two soul fragments into your deck. Corrupt draw a card. Um, it doesn't seem like super like like super overpowering, but it seems like a very solid card. Like this is like two soul fragments, and if you play it after you play something that costs more, you get a card out of it too. Like soul fragment demon hunter. Seems it's probably slots in pretty easily. Seems a little bit better than a mana feeder Panthera because <laughs> you don't have to cast your hero power. I mean, even though it's something you do, we're going to do anyways. Um, and this is probably something that you want in Warlock as well. Drawing cards, you know. So it seems it seems pretty solid. It doesn't seem busted, but it seems like like really solid across the board. I'm debating if it's solid or busted because it seems so strong to me. Yeah. And I just uh, like the fragment stuff when this has a body, it's soul fragment cards and potential to also draw a card at the same time. Like to me, it just seems like it's doing a lot and that seems really strong. So I, I can almost guarantee people will be trying this in a variety of decks. Oh yeah, a lot, a lot of good things all in one package that you're probably trying to do. Whether you're playing Demon Hunter or Warlock, it does seem like you could fit this easily in Zoo or a more controlling Warlock that runs Soulciologist. You can I can also see it in a in the um, in the Soul Fragment Demon Hunter as well. It just seems like it it it's a nice fit. The fact that. If you're playing it off curve, you're probably drawing a card as well, so it replaces itself in your hand. That's just that's just great. Okay, now we move on to the class cards. Um, first up, Demon Hunter. As always, we're gonna go in alphabetical order. Um, were you playing Demon Hunter and be like, man, I'm I'm sad that that Demon Hunter doesn't have a studies card. 
Well, boy, howdy, do we have Illidari studies for you right now. It is a one-mana spell, discovering outcast card. Your next one costs one less. Remember the days when Skull of Gul'dan cost five mana? You can relive those days with Ildari Studies. Because <laughs> you're playing Wandmaker anyways, and you're playing, you know, you're generating some one-cost cards. And boy, howdy, is this a one-cost card? <laughs> uh, um, it seems interesting. Like, I, I don't know that you're going to pack this card in your deck natively, but you're probably going to get it off of Wandmaker. And you're going to play it, and you're going to play five mana skulls, so there is that. <laughs> yeah, I this feels like a good card to me. Um, you mentioned one of the cards earlier, how it felt like it, you could play it even later if you're top decking it. That's how this feels. I mean, you could find skull, you could, there's a lot of, a lot of decent outcast cards, you can find more draw, you can... Uh, <sighs> I don't know. I feel like this is really good. And the fact it's also Discover does help you actually get to kind of pick something that's going to benefit you. It's not just like get a random one, not just random outcast, which would be worse. But I don't know. I feel like this is good. And it puts it in outcast position immediately. So you can play it for outcast. Yeah. I seem to recall the outcast cards right now in standard not being particularly great outside of Skull of Gul'dan and and like Spectral Sight allows you to draw cards as well. I-Beam is another one that if you have like you need removal. But I, I I think I think like guidance, I think this is a card that's better served getting into your hand because of something like Wadmaker putting it there. In which case, if you can high roll and get one of those draw cards or something, then this is really good. Plus, the fact that it costs one less is is just kind of a nice little bonus as well. Yeah. Isn't Glide going to break the meta? <laughs> Remember when that? <laughs> Raise a hand who's had that natural Glide played on them in the past three months. Nope, no hands. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> Mage is looking around, not seeing any blue one raising their hand. Okay, next up we have Fell Saber. It is a four mana, five six. Can only attack if your uh, hero attack this turn. Hmm. Demon Hunter, if you attack this turn, yeah. Well, this seems this seems like a solid four drop. Um. I'm not exactly sure where it fits in the deck building challenge of Demon Hunter, as that's not my forte, but it, I mean, it seems like a good body for a good price with a super solid um, requirement. Like, uh, I just have to attack? Well, that's what I wanted to do anyway, so gung-ho, you know? <laughs> I, I don't feel like that's a hard bar to meet with Demon Hunter, so... Think this yeah, is... especially now that we have a card that uh, discounts your hero power by one. Huh. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, this is a this is Pit Lord without the five damage to your face. This is a great aggro card. You yeah. play this on Demon Hunters trying to attack with their face pretty much every turn anyway. And a 5-6 is just ridiculous to try and get off the board. So I'm playing this in my aggro demon hunter list and just wailing on my opponent's face every turn. Yes, let's do it. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Okay, let's move to Druid. Um, first up, we have Dreaming Drake. 
It is a three mana three four uh, with taunt. Corrupt gain plus two plus two. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's easy to corrupt. It's a pretty solid body for the price um, if it's corrupted. Uh, again, I don't know who's packing it deck wise, but I mean, I guess it's something you could play. It's not bad. I guess it wouldn't feel bad to pull it off of Twilight Guardian or not, or yeah, I think so. The 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 four eight that discovers another dragon. So, um, I I don't know. I I I have no strong feelings about the this card one way or the other. It's it's just a card in my opinion. It's not good. It's not bad. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because it's it's a dragon and it's like a low cost dragon. But I don't know. Uh I I feel like Druid is tending to be a lot of big things right now and this doesn't really fit in that. Uh, so maybe there's something else that it fits into. Uh but where I am a little scared of seeing this is when people start taking this off of the uh Draconic Lackey and then they can play it in other stuff and fairly easily corrupted and then all of a sudden you have this this five six taunt thing that you gotta deal with and it's like ah oh, i don't know so eh, it feels like a middle of the road card to me i think this is actually a really good card in the standpoint of it makes breath of dreams a much easier card to actually get the mana increase in addition to drawing a card because you can easily slot this in, and unlike all your six-plus cost dragons, this one you can play sooner than that. So, like, if you miss, you, you just use this as a 3-4 taunt uh, to kind of help you stay alive while you're ramping. But you play Breath of Dreams on two and have this, say, in your hand, you go to four mana, and then the following turn you can overgrowth, be it six mana, and then this is corrupted, and you're off to the races at that point. Obviously, that's a best case scenario, but like you could definitely very easily corrupt this, and then three mana, five, six with taunt is is gonna not be easy to get through. And this feels like another anti-aggro tool. It looks like they've uh really kind of looked at the fact that it's been very aggressive for quite a while and are trying to put cards in to potentially help us deal with aggro. Okay. Next up, we have uh, my favorite pun of the set so far, Arbor Up. <laughs> it is a five-mana spell. Summon two, 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 tree ants. Give your minions plus two, plus one. Um. So I guess, I mean, it feels like uh, a finisher or an additional hit on a token deck. Um, I, this one, I don't know. I haven't seen Token Druid in some time, so, like, it, okay. <laughs> I, I, I am kind of speechless on this one. I haven't seen Treant Druid in some time, and I don't know if this does enough to bring it back. Um, I mean, it gives you, it gives you two minions on, two Treants on the board. It buffs them and makes Aeroponics cheaper, I guess. So that is something that can happen. I don't. I, I. don't know. I'm. I feel like this card has some potential, but I can't really tell much about it. I'm sorry for being so like mild on it, but I. I, I don't know. All right. 
mid-range druid. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go. We're play- <laughs> we're playing this. We're playing. Uh, what's the? Um, there's a dual class card, right? That if you have something that a spell that costs five or more, you heal yourself. Oh, gar- uh, gar- uh, warden the uh, nature warden yeah. the the four or five with taunt for four. Yes. Yeah. You can, you know, play that. You have this spell in your hand. It's not bad. You have some other taunt cards. I kind of like it, actually. I want to mess with that. You could even... I, I feel like maybe you put this in, like, Highlander Druids. Some people have been playing that. It's interesting. It doesn't seem like a bad option. I don't know. Seems, I like it. I want to test it. It seems really good. Uh, it could bring back Spell Token Druid. we still got Fungal Fortunes. We still have some of that. Yeah, I mean, this gets you... Um, two, four, three minions just from that card. And if you have anything else on the board, it suddenly ends up being quite a bit of stats for five mana. Uh, you know, you do this and boss a couple of minions and then you can Savage Roar the following turn, potentially. Maybe this helps keep them alive long enough that you can Savage Roar the following turn. So Just use I, this with Daring's favorite card, Broom. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, you had to bring up the broom. Had to bring. I did. I did. I'm sorry. Had to. Had to do it. It's okay. Let's move on quickly before he gets too upset. Then we're going to Hunter. Um, and first up is Bola Shot. Um, it is the reverse of another card that I can't remember. Grievous Bite. Grievous Bite. Okay. I was literally opening the client so I could uh, look it up while you guys were talking about it. Um, It does one damage. It's a two-mana spell. Deal one damage to a minion and two damage to its neighbors. Um, I Okay. Like, this one, I'm like, I don't feel like Hunter has a deck right now that kind of... I don't know. It just doesn't seem like you want to do anything with this. Like, you just want to go face and, like, either you're doing it via Highlander or, like, the Face Hunter deck. Like, you don't really care about what their board presence is. So, like, I mean, and this could obviously change. So, it, it seems like a decent control, like, a board control tool. But right now, I'm just looking at it and it doesn't do really enough to get included into what Hunter's playing. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe this makes like Professor Slate better again. That's but, yeah. Uh, I guess like I don't know. I, it feels like a stretch. You're going um, to Professor Slate, so of course it's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it it could see some uses. I I feel like maybe it's okay, but I don't know how I feel about it yet. Yeah, it's it's not flashy. It's just okay, and it doesn't match what Hunter is doing right now. So I have a hard time seeing it see play. Grievous Bite seemed better than this, but I Hunter was doing different things, and Grievous Bite was good. So it's it it probably needs different cards, and maybe further into twenty twenty one this will make more sense. Okay. And then we have uh stable or excuse me, saddle master. It is a three mana three, four. After you play a beast 
add a random beast to your hand. Um, I mean, it's good. It's a good card. I don't know that uh, Hunter still has enough beast support to make like a beast hunter deck, but if they do have enough cards to support it, then this card gets pretty nutty pretty quick, right? Like a card that replaces it's like um underlight angler for shaman, right? It replaces a, a card with a card in your hand. So like, yeah. That seems that seems good. I just don't know that Hunter has enough support or wants to play a lot, enough beast right now to to make this card see play. Yeah, I, I this is another one. I'm not sure how I feel about it. It might see some play in some other deck, like in the future, but I feel like right now I'm not seeing a spot for it. Um, I I am debating if I would like it more or less if it said summon instead of play, like, after you summon a minion, because then you could do some cool stuff with, like, you know, the, like, unleash the hounds, you, like, refill your hand a bunch. I'd probably like it as the player doing it, but I would probably hate that if uh, my opponent got to do that. So, eh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of cards like this haven't really seen play, so uh, we'll see. Well, it reminds me of Starving Buzzard, which doesn't see play, but Starving Buzzard's five mana, three, two, this is at least three mana, so it costs less. It's got more health. And so, I mean, this seems like a more reasonable option if you want to do something like that. The question is, do you really want to do something like that? And I don't think Hunter really does right now, but maybe down the road it might. It's funny you break up stuff, uh, Starving Buzzard because this card can get you Starving Buzzard. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's not funny. Buzzard Inception. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's move down to Mage. Um, it is, first up, we have a one mana, one three mana, uh, minion, Glacier Racer, uh, Spellburst. Uh, deal three damage to all frozen men enemies. Um, this seems like a solid control tool, just like a real, real solid control tool. You can either use it on, like, ideally on turn two. You could use it to, you know, ray of frost something and clean it up, or you know, uh, turn four on and you know, you know, cone or either like cone of cold or um frost nova. And put a huge dent into the board and things like um, Flame Warden up. Like, all of a sudden, like, you can do a lot of damage to a lot of different minions on the board. And this seems like a very, very good control tool for Mage. Yeah, so my thought on this, I don't like it for a couple of reasons. First, right now, I don't feel like it's great because there's not a lot of freeze, so... I don't know where it really fits right now, so I don't like it. But then on the flip side, when there's support for it, I don't like it because I don't want to see it being played. <laughs> so it seems like it's pretty decent. And for the one mana, you can squeeze it in with a lot of freezes and a lot of stuff. So yeah, that seems pretty good. I mean, Blizzard. Blizz with Blizzard, it's a seven mana deal five. So it's it's better than Flamestrike. <laughs> Yeah, the, I think this is the potential of being a really uh, a pretty good card. It's going to be a control tool, but yeah, Frost Nova Blizzard and while Ray of Frost is available, this is this is just going to be really good. 
just got to make sure you order it correctly. So you maybe freeze somebody, play this, then freeze something else, and then the spell burst goes off. Exactly. That's probably more important if you're using Ray of Frost. So, right. No. All right. So next we have Conjure Mana Biscuit. It's a two-mana spell. Add a biscuit to your hand that refreshes two mana crystals. So it's spend two mana now, refresh two mana crystals later. So, um, yeah, it seems like you're banking two mana this turn for two mana in the... It, this is basically uh, the uh, Jay Wellington wimpy card of I'll give you two mana today for... Or uh, give me two mana today for a hamburger on Wednesday or whatever... Hamburger today for money on Wednesday. I can't remember it. We're always relating stuff to food on this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Don, do you even know who Jay uh, Willington Wimpy is? No. Oh my god. I, yeah, I was gonna say there's no way. No, there's no way. Nope. You know. <laughs> I, I was just gonna was... go with it, not saying. <laughs> I always thought it was, I will gladly pay you Tuesday, Tuesday for, for hamburger, hamburger today. today. Yes, that's it. it yeah. You got it. I couldn't remember it. But so the inverse of this, yes. you're, you're paying today for the hamburger. <laughs> it sounds gross. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. but Innervate uh, was really powerful in Druid. And yeah. the fact that like this is more kind of mana cheating that Mage can do, not just with Sorcerer's Apprentice. And presumably it's a spell, this biscuit that you're playing. And so that can be another tick on a cyclone. It could be a a reduction on the giant. There's lots of things that this could potentially be good for. It also could be used in like an OTK sort of scenario as well. Yeah, I was going to bring up the fact that this and we're assuming that the biscuit you get is also a spell. So it can work with a lot of other things that already go in mage that you want to be casting spells for. This could, I don't know, work with Yogg. I mean, mage already plays like a million spells. So like Yogg could be a thing. Um, you know, <laughs> there, there's an image I'm looking at with that phrase that Terry <laughs> just posted. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. This seems pretty good. I, I really kind of like it. I think I'm, if it refreshes the mana crystals, you can use that the same turn as well, I I think. so. Yeah, I would assume yeah. so. Later in the game, you can use it and just you're getting the free spell triggers. So yeah, like Mage said, like for Cyclone or something else. That I don't know. I feel like it's pretty decent. Or like, a, you know, whatever, some kind of um, spell burst trigger too. So like like uh, the 3-4 uh, the that... Uh, Spell bursts for four damage to minions. So, uh, flame ward. I don't remember what it is. Anyways, um, next up we have the paladin cards. So first up is the three four or three mana four five, imprison celestat. Celestiate? Celestial. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I looked like a T on my uh monitor because i'm going blind um it is dormant for two turns spell burst give your minions divine shield um seems i I mean it seems good i'm not exactly sure where it fits in but like maybe pure paladin i guess but like 
it if you have free Librams, then all of a sudden like it comes to life and you get to you get to shield all your all your guys. So like there's something um seems seems good, but I, I don't know. This one's another puzzling one to me. Like is the dormant worth the you know, the dormant weight uh, effect of playing a three mana do nothing and for two turns worth it? Uh, could be too slow for what like most paladin decks want to do. So that's kind of where I'm at. Like it has a cool effect, but I don't know if it sees play. Yeah, this one is interesting. I I feel like I severely underrated the dormant cards when they originally got announced. So, like looking at more dormant, I'm like, oh, maybe I should think this is a little better than it is. Um. The fact that it's dormant and then it, you also have to trigger the spell burst to get the effect later kind of adds to how much you have to do with it. A lot of the other dormants, like, as soon as it wakes up, you just get the effect or whatever, which those are really good. Uh, so maybe this one isn't, but the three mana is pretty decent. And, if you know, coin, you coin it out, you can get this on, and then it'll wake up on turn four and you can play a spell. Uh I, I don't know. I This might be one that sees some play. Um, this might also be kind of ugly to get off, like, see uh, people get off of generated effects or, like, if they evolve or do something into this, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now their stuff could potentially have divine shields, and I can't really do anything and stop it. Could be interesting. I go, I go back and forth on this. I think the I like the fact that it it's spell burst because you potentially have the ability to uh, deal with the bard. Because when you uh, when you play this, your opponent then is incentivized to remove the other minions before this thing comes alive. And so the fact that it's dormant means this, you know, when this is going to come up. So then you can just prepare to try and do the most with it before you do that. But at the same time, yes, you do have to actually invest a spell in order to get the effect. So unless your Librams cost zero or you have a first day of school, it's going to cost you mana to get the 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 uh, divine shield on your minions. But it it might be worth it to just add a. Uh, a divine shield to your Aldor Peacekeeper on five? Maybe? I I don't know. It, it, so that's why I go back and forth. It seems like it could be powerful. It also seems like it might not be powerful enough. Exactly. It's, we'll see on that one. But what I can almost assuredly guarantee is going to be powerful is... And get this. I keep, Pay attention to the first word I say. Librum of Judgment. It is a 7-mana 5-3 weapon. Corrupt. Gain lifesteal. Now, I mean, a 7-mana 5-3 seems pretty good. But what about a 5-mana 5-3? Or a 3-mana 5-3? Or a 1-mana 5-3? You get what I'm, you get where I'm going with this? It gets reduced by Aldor's effects. It's a cheaper weapon. It is literally, if you play a Aldor Peacekeeper, and I'm not even talking about getting it corrupted. I'm just talking about simply reducing its cost. It becomes a better Arcanite Reaper. It becomes an Ashbringer. It becomes a cheaper version of, like, it just, this seems really good. This seems like a, a, a nuts weapon just because 
I guarantee you it gets slotted in on day one and you see the last of it when this set gets rotated. Like, I feel like that's, it's that good. Yeah, it seems really powerful. I think even being able to get this from effects like uh, the 7-7, that if you you know don't have any neutrals in your deck, you get five random paladin cards, and this pops up in there. You know, anything like that is this seems pretty solid. I think you still want to play this. Um, I'm. I, I feel like you have to get the discount in like most every case in order to get the corrupt effect just being at that seven like paladin doesn't generally play a lot of stuff that costs more than seven um especially right now like pretty much the only card is libram of hope which generally also starts to get discounted exactly Uh, so if you're not like if you do generate it it's probably not going to be corrupted but it still feels like a pretty solid weapon and yeah with three Three durability, that seems really good to me. Libram of Hope is always going to cost more than this, even when it's cost reduced, because they both will go down. So that that card's always going to corrupt this card. So you you automatically get that. I think you're always running this when you have the Libram reduction cards in your deck. So uh, anywhere those make sense, this makes sense. Five damage in a weapon is really powerful, even if it's not healing you. But man, do you remember with the the Uther Hero card where this five three life steal weapon was a thing? Mm-hmm. You almost couldn't kill that. You almost couldn't kill your paladin opponent when they got that online. And you have the potential of running two of these in your deck. I don't think you probably do. I think this is probably a one of in most cases, but. It, it's 15 damage to face. I mean, it's it's an Arcanite Reaper for Paladin. Yeah, yeah. It is very solid. Okay, next up we go to Priest. Um, and first we have uh, Lightsteed. It is a 4-mana 3-6 elemental. Your healing effects also give affected minions plus 2 health. Okay. It, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Um, it seems very that seems like a very powerful effect that priests can abuse really quickly. Because like, uh, circle of healing all of a sudden not only heals but gives all your minions plus two health. Like holy nova, you know, uh, radiance. Like there's just a lot of things that can like. You can start to stack health onto the board, and you're never going to be able to hit combos like you did before, but, like, an inner fire becomes a lot more threatening every time you heal, because, I mean, you, a heal, your hero power adds plus two health. Um, very, it, it's like a lesser version of um, the completed quest hero power. It's just plus two health, not plus three, plus three, but still. It's it seems really solid. What do we what do yeah. we think? Uh, uh, this is an interesting one to me because I feel like the effect is really strong, but you do have to have this on board. Um, so there there is that because there's going to be some cases where you can't get this on board, or your opponent is just going to you know they're going to want to take that out as quickly as possible, so it's not going to last. But 
I'm thinking about how disgusting this on the board is. And then the priest player has uh, a minion with apotheosis. Then they heal and then they, that minion gets bigger and then it's even harder to get rid of. Mm -hmm. And then you're really just cursing at apotheosis. Like, why are you a card? Uh, I don't like it. Uh, I don't know. This card scares me a little. While Inner Fire is still available, this card scares me. You can run two of them. It already has six health to begin with, so it's going to be difficult to remove. And then if you're doing anything, like, there's cheap ways to make this even more health with, like, zero mana spells and one mana spell, heal spells. It just feels like these... It, we could see a new Inner Fire Priest as a result of this. Just because they don't need Divine Shield necessarily. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I just thought Priest has a lot of discount stuff right now, too. So they can make this cheaper and all those combo pieces cheaper. I, I think you're right. There might be uh, some sort of combo Priest that comes out of this. Yeah, it's never going to be as stupid as it was with Divine Spirit, right? Like, it's just not going to get to that point. But, like, you can definitely make a a scary minion without really deviating too far from what priest was going to be doing anyways. Right. Like it, this is just like something you could get that like, Oh yeah, I was going to do that as a priest anyways. Um, so, um, and maybe you could combo it, but I don't think like, I like it might, I might think twice about packing an, an inner fire naturally in my deck, but I probably, it seems like it would be a lot of work to get that thing to go off um, fully to to a point where it's like, I'm going to OTK you or do like 20 damage to you with this card. So, But that's my that's my well, thought. I just think of like an injured blade master that's a 3-7. You res it with rally or something one turn, and then you suddenly on like 10 mana or something have a... Four six four seven on the board. You throw this down. You start hitting renews and circle of healings, and then you know it gets it up 10, 12, 14 health. Then you suddenly inner fire it. And you can hit somebody for fourteen damage on a turn. Yeah, so I know. Maybe it's not an OTK, but it it can uh, severely put a dent in your life. Yeah, it is a scary minion that has to be dealt with immediately. Okay. And then we have one of the other legendaries. Uh, it's a five mana, three five. Um, Dark Inquisitor Zanish. Zanish? I don't know. It's an X. Um, Battle Cry. Reduce the cost of corrupt cards in your hand and deck by two. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm like, uh, I, I mean, this is a, a strong effect, but like. Uh, priest isn't playing a lot of corrupt cards, but I mean, I guess you could, right? You could start playing more corrupt things to just get discounts on this, but I don't know exactly what priest is doing there's, with that. There's the the draw a minion corrupt yeah. discount it by two yeah. that you could. That's like three mana that could suddenly be a one mana card. It's two mana. That one's yeah, two. Insight. Two two yeah, mana. insight's two yeah. mana. So insight becomes free. Um, I mean, I guess, like, yeah. so you, I mean, you could build towards something, like, you could, you know, the, the medic becomes too strong men, well, I guess it doesn't matter, but strong men become five, 
Um, Carnival Clowns become seven. So, like, I don't want to write this off because I'm not looking at every single corrupt card in front of me right now. Um, but, like, this is... Um, it seems like it seems like it has a potential where it could be strong, but like I, yeah, I don't. That's just what we need: priest playing with the car- carnival clowns. That's just what this world needs. I mean, it is, but <laughs> yeah, I don't really see anything. I just quickly look through the collection. I don't really see anything that um, shows me that like. This would be super. I mean, you could get cheap, you know, reduce the cost of Pearl Tusk, the Dark Moon Dirigible. I guess to be fair, the horrendous growth, which is the the two mana two two corrupt gain plus one plus one can be corrupted endlessly. So it's a free. Any card you play that costs one or more corrupts it. So it could be a free like giant minion. I I don't know. I'm reaching. I don't. Uh, it doesn't see. It doesn't seem like. Uh, it seems like very niche case scenario. Yeah, there's there's a couple of corrupt cards. I guess if you're wanting to go that direction, you're also playing a lot of stuff that steals cards or discovers stuff or whatever, especially from your opponent. But then you're also relying on the meta being a lot of corrupt stuff. I uh, I don't know. I don't know yet. Maybe this is another one where it gets better later if you're really generating a lot of stuff. But yeah, it does feel like insight is really the only thing that gets the good value off of this. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure that this there's enough to warrant playing this card right now. So it's you're probably not going to see it after the first few days of the mini set going on. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I just looked at our time and we're at an hour and twenty five, so we can we can speed these next ones up a little bit here too. Um yeah. so for next up we got Rogue. Um Shenanigans. It's a two mana secret. When your opponent draws their second card in a turn, transform it into a banana. Um I, I don't think you naturally put this in this deck but it's an interesting like sabotage card like it certainly gives them a banana instead of something they put in their deck i just i love this card this card's hilarious like the name of it the the artwork it's the monkey like riding an animal and throwing a banana peel behind them is it's hilarious i love this card I I feel like people are actually going to try this. Um, yeah, I'd agree. And people might actually pick it if they're generating like Hanar and stuff. If they're generating secrets, uh, this one might be something that they actually take. Uh, there is a decent amount of draw right now in the meta, so I don't know. It seems pretty good, but it's pretty dependent on I think what a lot of the decks are wanting to do because. Sometimes they're not really drawing a second card, so I don't know. I'm not sure I particularly like this, but it's another secret you're going to have to play around, and it it potentially is a combo interrupter for Rogue, assuming they want to do that. It just, it's, 
there definitely feels like there's more classes that are drawing cards right now. So it doesn't, everybody draws at least one card a turn. It's that second card. So they have to draw another card in their turn in order for this to go off. So it's, if you need a spell to stay up, this potentially is something that might, might work, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to do this because sometimes giving our, an opponent a cheap spell like a banana might not be in my best interest either. That's fair. Okay, and then we have what we I think we all agreed on was a really powerful card, the Sparkjoy Cheat. It is a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three. battle cry. If you're holding a secret, cast it and draw a card. Um I'm I'm did I read that correctly? Is that is that what it says? It, can someone yeah, verify? Yeah, they, they made that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Okay. I did. It seems if you need to, any information as to why that's good, go ahead and reread that one more time. <laughs> I mean, it literally does everything you would want it to do. It's a three-three body on turn three. If nothing else, if you have a secret in your hand, it puts it into the board for free, and you draw a card for three mana. Yeah, seems good. And it's asking you not to do anything else other than just play the card. You know, exactly. It's not a spell burst. It's nothing like this. It's not it a combo. Vanilla stats. Yeah, it's a vanilla stats. It is. I get the mana reduction on cards I don't want to spend mana on already, which is the secrets, and it it refills the two one card back into my hand after I've basically played two with the secret and this card. So. This seems really powerful, and it's not overly expensive. So you, you have presumably mana left over to do other things if you're doing this in the mid-game. Okay, next we move over to Shaman. Um, and we have, first up, a two-mana spell, Landslide. Deal one damage to all enemy minions. If you're overloaded, deal one again. Um, This feels definitely like a control tool. Like, it feels like... Not entirely, you're not penalized for like having to clear early on with something like, or like, like something like Lightning Storm or have to use Lightning Bloom to, you know, stay relevant in the game. This actually gives you something, um, really to do early on to help clear off smaller minions off the board. So this seems, I like it. I like it a lot for like a controlly shaman archetype. Yeah, I like it a lot. Even if you're playing like a spell damage deck, this can build up and be a lot of damage uh, very quickly. And a lot of the stuff you're playing in spell damage is already overloading you, so it deals even more. Uh, it's a cheap spell you can generate and just play it out on the board uh, with no penalty to your board uh, if you get this off of um, Instructor Fireheart. So you can be able to discover something else again. So I, I like it. It's like Immolation Aura for Demon Hunter. It's uh, rides in Maelstrom Portal too. You don't get a minion, but that was really a powerful effect. And this potentially can do two damage if you're overloaded, as opposed to just one, which is what Maelstrom Portal could do. And so I, I think this is a good card. Um. Then we have a five mana four four Mist Runner. Battle Cry. Give a friendly minion plus three plus three. Overload one. I I I don't feel like this 
I don't know. It just doesn't feel like very strong to me. Just like, yes, that's a good, like aggressive effect, but I feel like the Riggler, the, the plus one, plus one to the minions on either side, bloodlust, I'd rather be playing bloodlust, <laughs> you know, um, I'm not quite sure where this fits in or what it's supposed to be there for. So like this one, I'm, I'm not super impressed with it. It seems like some sort of niche scenario that I might not be seeing right now. I'm wondering if you can still slot this into like the aggro, you know, burst damage shaman that's going around right now. Cause you do have some minions on the board and then you just get, get some extra damage for it. Um, maybe there's cheaper stuff you'd want to play instead, but. I don't know. I do feel like maybe maybe this slots in somewhere, but yeah, I don't know. It, it feels weird to me. This, is like, this reminds me of Bone Mare, only it's cheaper, and you're giving it to a class that has the ability to create infinite minions in a totem. And so you could just have a totem that's on the board that suddenly has plus three, plus three to it. So... I, I think this is actually a pretty good card, and I think it will actually see some play. I'm not entirely sure that I'd say for sure this is where it goes right now, day one, but I definitely think there's something you could play around with there. It lends me to believe that it's a aggressive to mid-range tool than it is a control tool. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right, next up we have Warlock. Um first card seems incredibly insane uh uh backfire three mana spell draw three cards deal three damage to your hero okay yes please i will take three cards for three damage you mean i get to draw one more card than doing my hero power twice and take one less damage yeah this this seems incredibly busted it's it doesn't come with the body, but it's three damage, draw three cards. Yeah, I I'm I'm all for this. I think this is super super duper good. I I feel like this might be played in something more like a mid range or control. Maybe you still want to play it in in an aggro deck, but I feel like the kind of aggro zoo style decks right now probably benefit more from hand of Gul'dan than playing this. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm seeing now, but it's going to be interesting to see what kind of decks come out over the next couple of expansions that could potentially use this. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Dragon Rider. I think this is a mid-range to more controlling tool. You don't mind, you don't mind taking three damage, especially if you're playing Soul Fragments. I can eat that three damage for, for, for breakfast, and I might just draw those soul fragments right back with when I'm drawing these three cards. So this is just a I want to film my hand sort of card, and uh, this is going to do it very well and quickly. Yeah. So, and then we have another legendary, Envoy Rustwick. He is a five mana, five four demon, death rattle. Shuffle three random prime legendary minions into your deck. Okay, <laughs> this seems super fun. Um, I don't know how good it will be, but I mean, let's face fact, pretty much, I'm, I'm trying to think of a bad prime, um, and I really can't think of one, of one that, like, you're like, uh, I had to play that first minion to get it, but, like, 
every of the every one of the primes seem really really solid after that after they die and go into your deck so like this actually seems it seems deceptively good um where it, like it's like oh ha ha ha, ha this is joking and i'm like but if i pull caregath prime soul carry prime the uh priest prime you know like uh the druid prime like Zixor. yeah Zixor. He's, yeah he's okay he's okay he's he's, he's, he's he, you know he's fine he does the trick <laughs> yeah it seems this seems like super interesting especially for like a control deck so like i like this yeah uh it's kind of like what you said it's one of those you like look at it and you're like ah do i want that and then you think about it and you're like, maybe I do. That's interesting. Um, this one also, I, I feel like some situations it's going to be fantastic to get this off Jandis. Sometimes you might not want this off of Jandis. Uh, it could be like duplicates. I don't know if you're running a, like a Highlander version and then you play Jandis and it puts two copies of a Prime in or something. But you're still getting a lot of value from this. So maybe it is something you want to try playing in the deck. And if you get Canrathod Prime, it will resummon this minion back an infinite value. Yeah. Yes, infinite. it has that potential if you're not running any other demons. But yes, it's it's nuts. So that is a potential. I I like this card. I this is a card I really want to try and play. And I think I want to play it more in Rogue than I want to play it in Warlock. So Jandis, come on, help me out. But I still think this is going to be a really cool card. All right. So now let's move over to Warrior. And first up, we have Spiked Wheel. It is a one mana, zero two weapon. Has plus three attack while your hero has armor. Um, I this seems like a really solid card. <laughs> like sword board's a thing. Your hero power's a thing. Um, you might not be able to swing in one, but it feels like it could be an aggressive tool. It feels like it could be, I mean, because with armor, it's a, uh, fiery war axe, right? Like it can be a fiery war axe at the same price of what a fiery war axe used to be. So, um, this seems interesting. It's a cheap weapon and it has a solid effect that uh, doing something that a warrior wants to do anyways. And, Armor Vendor, which we'll talk in a little bit, is also there. So, like, yeah, seems seems potentially good. Yeah, this is, I really like the design of this because, again, this is kind of another card where you look at it and you're like, is this good? And then you look at it and you're like, this is good. Yeah. Is it good? This is good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I love cards like that because... It really makes you think about how you want to play these cards, what kind of deck building you want to be doing to include them. Uh, and, you know, and some of them might also be a little bit more meta dependent. So I really like this card. Um, I think I think it will definitely be played. I think people are definitely going to try this out. Um, and we talked about earlier that the card that, oh, look, you just corrupt it and then you give your weapon plus two attack. Well, there you go. Then... You can still use this even if you don't have armor for some reason. So it seems pretty decent to me. Yeah. I agree the card is interesting. I don't think it's particularly good. Uh, I think that people... I think there's other warrior weapons 
that you're going to want to play right now. And I have a hard time believing there aren't going to be other weapons in the future that you're going to want to run. We've seen an armor based weapon before. It didn't see play because it was based it its its attack was based on how much armor you had. Obviously, this is a different mana. The meta, this is one mana, so it's really cheap. Uh, there is armor vendor that we're going to talk about as a neutral card to get you that armor. But I, I feel like this isn't going to see as much play as as it might appear as though it could. Yeah, that's kind of that's what's interesting about it, right? Really, it's yeah, like it definitely. you can't tell for sure. And then another interesting one is Ironclad. It is a three mana two four mech. Better cry if your hero has armor, gain plus two plus two. Now this one's a little bit harder of a sell, but like uh even with like armor vendor or you know sword and board or something, just saying it it's it could be a four mana um four six if you didn't have armor. Um, that turn, but if you have armor, it's a three mana four six. So, uh, I don't know. I this one I'm less sure of. Um, the battle cry makes it a little bit harder to justify, but if you have it, it seems like a decent card. But I'm not sure what deck is packing it. I think honestly, I like this more than the weapon. Uh, it seems like a decent minion. Um, maybe you're trying this in like a menagerie type warrior. Uh, so that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, I don't know. Was, I like it. I think it's, I think it's a nice mech for that menagerie build, uh, just because it can potentially get buffed up initially and then it can get buffed up again if you have armor and it reduces the cost of like your tent thrasher and some of those sort of things as well. So that deck wasn't really a deck so far. Maybe this is a card that can help push that a little bit. Okay. All right. Now we move on to our last five cards, the neutrals. So first up, as we mentioned a few times, Armor Vendor. It is a one mana, one three. Battlecry, give, give four armor to each hero. So, like, uh, this is a very niche case um but like it's an anti-aggro tool though what what that's what it is at its core you're not concerned about giving your opponent armor you're you're it's heal you for four and i don't care what my opponent gets it's just i get a one three on the board and i get four health so like this is like a control tool and so if you're not playing control, you're not playing this deck or, or, you know, something that wants to survive like a control combo, you know, slower decks. Yeah, this is kind of one of those cards that fits along with like, uh, you, you don't, you don't really care if you're giving your opponent that effect, um, because of what the rest of your deck is, is doing. So there's been some other cards similar to that, uh, this is going to be kind of gross uh, when paladins get it off of first day of school because paladin kind of fits in that like they don't really care if they're giving you that forearmer because they're going to deal with it at some point anyways. And then they also have a good body here that's probably going to stick around for like Hand of a Doll or their Librum. So I don't know. This this is pretty interesting. I kind of like it, but I'm not sure how popular it's going to be. 
Yeah, it's anti-aggro, like like you're saying. Uh, Mistress of Mixtures comes to mind. You didn't mind get healing your opponent. This is always going to heal you for four because you can always stack armor. Doesn't matter the class. So it's just, do I need something to kind of help counter early early boards? Plus, this helps you tick off a bunch of those lackeys and different things like that in the early game. So. If you're running a control deck, this is definitely a card you should consider. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't matter if you're playing more of a control deck. It doesn't matter really when you play it either. If you don't want, if you don't draw it until a little bit later on, like you're not upset if you you know throw this in with something else on turn eight and heal for four. You know, like it still heals for four no matter when you play it. So I think that's what the uh, the the big thing is. But it's super nice on turn one because it helps you fight for the board. So. Okay. Right. With like warrior and stuff, this is one mana get four armor to help you shield slam something. Yeah. So that's really nice. I feel like warrior would be the pro- predominant place where you'd see it, but like obviously it could easily slot into anything that's a slower deck too. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we have the adorable card of the set. Um, it is Totes Dorbs. It is the two mana. 1-4 Murloc, the Crab Rider. Um, it is Rush and Wind Fury. Ah, this this seems fun, and the card is super cute, because it's a Murloc riding a crab, and I hope the flavor text has something to do with crab battle. So, um... Uh, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yep, I had to go there. Um, so, I, I'm not entirely sure. Uh... But yeah, I think this is this is a fun card at very least. Yeah, I I want to try it just because of the artwork. It's like a murloc riding a crab, and he's got a lance, and it's hilarious. And I like I want to play these cards just because of their artwork. They're so good. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is interesting though. I'm not sure if it fits somewhere. Maybe some sort of tokeny style aggro deck maybe if murloc paladin kind of comes back in favor we see it uh i'm not sure i don't know but i want to play I like the, i like this in murloc paladin uh and potentially it could be in a in a murloc shaman deck as well anything obviously murloc focused because you can buff it it has the ability of controlling the board initially with the Russian Wind Fury if you need it to do that. Or it's just, I'm going to hit face twice the following turn, which is really nice as well. Okay, and next up is Death Warden. It's a 3-mana 2-5. Uh, Death Rattles can't trigger. Whoa. <laughs> this is like the... like. I don't think there's been a card that's printed like this before, like for death or death rattles other than obviously silence, but this is super cool. This is like a super specific tech card. Like I don't want your death rattles to proc. I play this card. I kill your death rattle card and nothing happens. Like you don't get it. I didn't silence it. It's just like your Tyrion dies and you don't get an Ashbringer. You know, or your prime dies and it does, or, you know, your 
Sir McGurgle dies and you don't get the uh the 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 shuffle into the deck or you know whatever. I I'm just going on and on but yeah, like this seems like a very interesting tech tool. So, kind of reminds me of like plate breaker. Yes, which I I agree completely with what you're saying, and I'm not sure which side of the interesting we're on, because it's like, sometimes I say that's interesting, and I really mean that's probably not good. And sometimes I say interesting, because I think it's really cool and might be good. This is interesting, but I don't know which one. It's like, it's a cool design, and I like that they're trying different things, and I feel like the last several expansions, the card design themselves like has just gotten tenfold like better and better and better every expansion uh but i don't know if it sees play this is a tech card i there needs to be some really serious death rattles for this to to make sense i mean we have things like rattle gore right now and the and the library of wisdom and things like that that definitely you can affect with this card but I don't think they're running as rampant as they would need to be in order for this card to want you want to put this card in your deck. So if you have room for it, like in a Highlander deck, maybe this maybe this is where that sees play. But it it feels even more niche than like Ooze or Cobalt Sticky Finger was because it's an even smaller subset of cards that this is going to affect. But now there is a tool there if that's what you're trying to combat. Also, it's uh, this doesn't necessarily have to be designed for standard ladder play. This could be a very solid uh, uh, tournament tool where you're like, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm targeting Paladin. Like, Paladin's everywhere in the meta, and then I can play this card and just wipe out your entire stack of Librams. Like, you play... What's her face? And you just wipe the board and like, nope, you don't get any of those back. You don't get any of those back. You're done. So like it's it's interesting. That's what I think is interesting. It's a cool that it doesn't necessarily apply itself to standard ladder, but like it certainly can be much more interesting in a tournament setting. Um, Then we have our final legendary Moonfang is a five mana six, three beast can only take one damage at a time. So you need to hit it three times to kill it. Um, I I don't know. It certainly takes three hits to kill it. And that's all I can say about <laughs> it. So it's, it's a bulwark of Azanoth, but on a body. Um, which seems really good. And it, when I first looked at this, I was like, this is nutty. This is crazy. I like it a lot. But then I started thinking about it more and it's like, well, we have things like broom and lackeys. So you just play out small stuff, broom, boom, boom, boom. It's gone. Um, there's also, it can, it's a minion, so it can be targeted with spells uh, and just killed um, that way. Like, I mean, you still can only take one damage at a time, but it can be targeted uh, with silence it can risky still be skipper set to, ris- yeah risky skipper eats it for lunch 
Risky Skipper is still a card. Oy. Um, and and uh, yeah. hey, loser. <laughs> <laughs> pen pen yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like, I liked it a lot when I first saw it, but the more I've thought about it and like what is in the meta right now, the less I liked it right now. I, uh, I don't know. That's yeah, it feels like really easy to deal with, and Pen Flinger is going to be in in its entire life. Yeah, Pen Flinger really makes this a hard card to actually see a lot of play. I I think it's like it's a fun and nice card life you get it off Jandis, but uh, outside of that, I you know unless you can buff it with like you know, like Houndmaster or something like that, or you're allowed to rush it right away. The six attack is really nice. So like if Guardian Animals pulls this out or something like that where it has rush or you play this with an animated broomstick, uh, that that standpoint, it, it's pretty nice, but I, it probably doesn't see enough play because of its ability to get removed more easier than it probably should be able to okay and the last card we have is runaway blackwing a nine mana nine nine dragon that at the end of your turn deal nine damage to a random enemy minion so um i feel like if you want to play like in big and druid i guess or like a you know like a side quest druid this is something or like this could be um something to do with like big warrior or dual paladin but other than that i don't see anything else running it like it's it's a very specific set of deck it's a big body that does clears a board but that's about it so (laughs) other than that it's not super fantastic like it's a very niche card yeah, it does feel like that. It the nine damage really could be relevant depending on what's like the matchups or what's going on. Um, this feels like something I'm I probably am okay getting this off of uh, Dragon Queen Alexstrasza for one mana. Mm-hmm. I like the sound of that, um, but I don't know if I'm slotting it into a thirty card spot in the deck. Yeah, I I saw. Um comparisons to ragnaros the fire lord and but this actually you do have the ability to attack with it and then at the end of the turn it does it can do it can clean up a minion yeah i'm not sure for nine mana if that's something you want to put in your deck outside of like a big warrior or dual paladin but it is if you just need a big minion and like you get find it off the dragon lackey or something like that, I think I think you're gonna see this from time to time. And yeah, I don't know that it'll be especially great, but it it it's gonna be a pain in the butt to deal with when it comes down. I agree with that. Yeah, it's when I said what I said. It's just it's probably not getting slotted into all the decks, but you probably be okay taking it off a draconic lackey, right? For the next, what, two months? (laughs) All right. Well, that is... We are done with our race to the Dark Moon races. And, um, yeah, this is a longer episode. We did not have a timer up and running. So, uh, you'll see this when we go live. That it's like, oh, this is like a two-hour episode. I guess they're talking about the set. So, 
um, a lot of fun. So, um, Mage, you want to give us this week's poll question to go along with the mini set? All right. We are wrapping up the year of the Phoenix, and we've had a bunch of keywords. We have some keywords that are coming back in the Dark Moon Races mini set. So we wanted to know what was your what has been your favorite keyword from the Air of the Phoenix? Is it spellburst? Is it dormant? Corrupt? Or we didn't even remember this at first, but outcast is a keyword from this from this year of. So vote, tell us which one has been your favorite, and we will talk about the results on next week's show. Speaking of the show, you can email the show at Dr. Three hs at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at dr3 hs and you can click our top pin tweet and that will take you to the dr3 discord um and you can find myself on twitter at daring alkaline uh you can also um go back to the con before the storm and uh the the podcast edition of the hearthstone panel which i was on is up that was a lot of fun. Um, really cool people with, you know, Wicked Good, Ridiculous Hat, Storm Rage, and Racy. So it was a lot of fun. We had a good, good conversations. And, um, I will be on Blizzlet, uh, podcast this week. So yeah, a lot of, a lot going on this week for me. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Dragon Rider. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Donnie DK, that's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K, and streaming on Switch, <laughs> Dragon Rider DK. Doggos. And Mage, take us home. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at MageDeath. Uh, normally, you can find me Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on twitch.tv slash MageDeath. I am taking a little time off because of the medical issue, but I hope to be back really soon and Again, thank you for all the uh, kind and well wishes uh, for for that. So yeah, and I and I know I can speak for Dragon Rider and myself and everyone listening to this, uh, the podcast. We wish you a speedy recovery and uh, hope everything gets gets a lot better a lot sooner. So, and guys, thank you, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And as always, you've been listening to Doctor Three.